Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Let's go. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we tell you, sir, that we are open and we are ready. Speak, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can grab a seat. Let's go to work. So our series is called What? Stop. To learn what you must stop so that God can start. There's some things God is not going to start until there are things that you must stop. Pay attention. Wednesday's message is called Stop Talking About It and Just Do It. Why? Because Job 22, 28 says, you, now watch me, this is not on anybody else. One of the reasons I have you say a whole lot in church is because this is not something where you just sit back and get spoken to and preached to. This is something where you are going to have to speak back and preach back. To who? To yourself. Why? Because sometimes the enemy is going to try to punk you and beat you down and make you think because you failed, because you've had some mistakes, because some things didn't go your way, that it's over for you. Mm -mm. No, it's over for the enemy. It's just beginning for you. It's over for your anxiety. It's just beginning for you. It's over for your stress. It's just beginning for you. It's over for your generational curses. It's just beginning for you. It's over for you being suicidal. It's just beginning for you. So what does the Bible say? You will decide a thing and you will decree a thing. But what does a decree mean? A decree isn't just talking about what I'm planning on doing. It's not just talking about what I'm fixing to do. A decree is me announcing what I've already decided to do. The Bible says you will decide and decree a thing and it will be established for who? For you. Which means if I don't say it, I'm not going to see it. If I don't speak it, I'm not going to see it manifest in my life. Open your mouth, please. Say, I decide and I decree. Watch me. He says, and it will be established for you. What does that mean? All of the resources that you need will be brought to you, watch me, only after you decide. Can I help some of y'all? You're like, God, why isn't it happening for me? Because he knows you haven't decided. What you have done is you've said, Lord, if you do this, then I'll do this. And God says, that's not the way it works. Make the decision, and once you make the decision, I'll send the backup. 
Make the decision, I'll send the resources. Make the decision, you're going back to school and I'll make sure that they pay for it. Y'all not saying nothing to me right there. Make the decision, you're getting out of debt and I'm gonna make them start canceling some debts. Make the decision that you're about to have the best relationships you've ever had because you're sick and tired of being sick and tired about trifling people in your life. And I'll send you some of the best people that you've ever had. Somebody say, I decide and I announce my decision. I dare some of y'all at this 915 to announce your decision. What I announced this is going to be the best year of my life. I, I decided that, so I decreed that. I announced my whole family is going to be saved. I decided that, and I decree that. I announced that I'm about to be healthy and healed. I have decided that, and I decree that. Look at Job 2228. He says that it will be established for you. And the light of God's favor, pay attention. He says, the favor you need is going to find you. Pay attention. The favor you need is going to find you. I'll say it again. The favor you need is going to find you. What is favor? Favor is preferential treatment. It means, watch me, this is the way it's supposed to be for everybody else. But because you decided and because you decreed, favor is about to come make it easier for you. I just wish I had a few people on campus or online that understood that when I decide, favor going to be like, here go. Because some of you feel overwhelmed because you're like, where do I start? Start with your decision. And once you make your decision, he's going to say, Google this. Look this up. Call this person. Your phone's about to ring. Your email's about to. Say, I decide and I decree. So favor finds me. He says, in the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. In other words, he says, favor is going to light something up for you and tell you this is where you go. This is how you do it. This is how you make it happen. Let me make that as granular as I can. You will finally get the solution you need to the problem you face once you decide that the problem will be overcome. You haven't decided, watch me, certain things. What you're doing is you're looking at the circumstances to decide for you. And I need you to be a boss. Mm. A boss doesn't let the situation talk to them. A boss says, this is what it's going to be. Why? Because I decided and I decreed. See, some of y'all are sitting in a passive seat of life where you're waiting on somebody else to decide for you. Mm -mm. Nobody else can decide for you. You got to decide for your. He says, the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. In other words, you'll know exactly what to do. Favor follows decisions and decrees. And one of those decisions has to be, here we go, to honor what God honors. Say, I honor what he honors. Look at 1 Samuel 2 and 30, the Net Bible. It says, the God of Israel says, I really did say to you and your house that your ancestors would serve me forever. So, look at me. God makes this promise to this particular individual and said, you and everybody in your house, y'all are going to serve me in ministry forever. He says, this is the promise. But watch me. He says, I really did say that. But look at the next part of the verse. But now the Lord says, may it never be. Stop. You don't ever want to be the person God had to change his mind about. Oh, my. You don't want to be the person that God says, you know what? I didn't have about enough of her. I didn't have about enough of him. Can I tell you how you know you're not that person yet? Because you're hearing this word today. So if you're hearing this word today, that means he hasn't given up on you. I need you to worship God for five seconds that even though you've been acting crazy and have done some crazy things, he has not given up on you. Five, four, I'm waiting on you to worship right there. Three, two, 
what? Somebody say, I still have a pulse. He still has a plan. Watch me. Look at me. He says, but now, the Lord says, may it never be. In other words, dishonor disinherits you. Dishonor disinherits you. I'm going to say it a third time. Dishonor disinherits you. Dishonor disinherits you. In other words, God says, I was going to do it. And then I saw your stinking attitude. And I said, I ain't doing nothing. Parents, you understand this? Because there are things you decide you're going to do for your kids. And you'll say, this is what we're going to do. And then they will act a certain way. Why? Because they don't like the fact they have to wait to get what you promised. But that's because they don't realize you've already been making preparation. I'm about to shout. You've already been making preparation for something. And even though they can't see it, you've been working behind the scenes. Even though they can't see it, you've been making calls. You've been sending emails. You've been gathering money. You've been stacking so that you can make it happen. And then you see their little stank attitude. And then you say, you know what? What I was going to do, I ain't doing nothing now. Why? Because you dishonored me. And your dishonor for me has made me disinherit what I was going to give you. So even though I promised it, your dishonor made me say, I ain't doing it. You ready? Say, I won't be that one. Uh -uh, I need you to say that with authority, 915. Say, I won't be that one. Uh -uh, see, you don't even say it like you believe yourself. Come on, 915, online, you type it in the building, you say it with authority. Say, I won't be that one. Look at the voice, the verse. It says, may it never be, for I will honor those who honor me. But those who despise me will be cursed. Now notice, he didn't say he did it. He said you did it to yourself. What does it mean to despise the Lord? You treat him as negligible. You treat him as worthless. All of us know what it is to be treated as something that's negligible, negligible or worthless because we've all been treated that way by somebody. It's quiet in the building. It's quiet online. We've all had somebody where it was important to you and it was a big deal to you and to them it was no big deal. You were loyal to them and that cost you something, but they didn't care about the fact that they were loyal. You were dedicated to making it happen for them and they wouldn't have crossed the street for you. Yeah. We have all had things that were negligible because we didn't have to pay the price for it. This is why you need to be grateful for the things you have to pay the price to obtain. Why? Because if you have to pay the price to obtain it, what does this mean? This means, pay attention, this means that you're going to have a level of appreciation for it that other people do not have. Watch me. I need you to be grateful for everything you have to struggle to get because that's why you protect it the way you do. See, some of you, you have to fight like hell to build your business. You have to fight like hell to build your family. You have to fight like hell. And so now you're like, I'm not about to let anybody or anything mess up what I didn't spend my... Somebody say, I'm grateful for my struggle. Come on, say it. Say, I'm grateful for what I had to labor to build. That makes you appreciate it all the more. That's why other people can be so flagrant and, and treat things so worthless. But you're like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't know what I had to do to get that. So you don't understand what I have to do to keep that. Let me talk to some of y'all. You have to go through hell to get your self-esteem back. You have to go through hell to get your self-confidence back. 
You had to go through hell to get your identity back. You had to go through hell to get your confidence. I'd be doggone if I let Nam Ninja mess with my Somebody, look at somebody next to you and say, I had to fight for this. I they looking at you living good now, but you have to fight for that. They look at you debt free now, but you have to fight for that. They look at you on top now, but you have to. F they didn't see your tears. They didn't see your heartache. They didn't see your pain. They didn't. So he says, God says, if you honor me, I honor you. He says, but if you treat me as negligible and worthless, you're going to be cursed. What does a curse mean? You will be empowered to fail. Pay attention. He didn't say where. He didn't say how. He just said there's going to be an area you never win. And for some of y'all, watch me. Here it is. It's your relationships. You winning in your money, but your relationships are empowered to fail. Y'all ain't going to talk, but I'm going to preach because I need you free today. Because there's some things you're about to stop so that God can start. For some of you, it's in your finances. You good with relationships. Y'all happy, but are broke. You ready? It's because he says, he says, you do not honor me. He says, and so as a result, he says, there's an area of your life. He didn't say where. He didn't say when. But he said it'll be cursed. What is a curse? It's not witches and warlocks and goblins and, and black pots and all of that. With potions. Mm -mm, mm -mm. He says, this area is empowered to fail. Which means you can do everything right and it's still going to fail. You can cover it in prayer and it's still, look, you can fast about it. And it's still going to fail because there's been dishonor. Pray this with me. Say, Lord, make me a person of honor. Now, so, so, so watch me. One of those decisions that we have to make, because remember, whatever we decide and decree, he's going to establish it. He's going to give us favor. It has to be, here we go, it has to be not only to honor what God honors, but watch me. To honor God, it means to honor what's important to him. Proof of honor is adaptation. Honor is not respectfully doing what you want to do. Honor means I adapt to who or whatever I'm honoring. So today's message is called, Stop Missing the Feasts of the Lord. Why? Because they're important to him. It's quiet in the building. And since they're important to him, they've got to be important to us. If you look at 1 John 4, 17, the Bible says, Because as he is, so are we in the world. Which means anything that I see Jesus do, it means not only can I do it, but it means that there are some things that I should do. And watch this, Jesus honored the feast. Say he honored the feast. Let's go 915. The Bible is not based off of the Gregorian calendar, which goes from January through December. The Bible is based off of the Hebrew calendar. Say the Hebrew calendar. Matter of fact, your life has been based off of this calendar and you never knew it. Your life has been based off of this calendar and you never knew it. Why? Because you'll notice there are certain things that happen around certain times and it's the same time around the same year. I wish there were a few witnesses in here, but you don't even have to know anything more than that. But you can look at your life and say, every springtime, it seems like, every fall, it seems like, oh my God. The Bible has four different starts. The Hebrew calendar has four different starts depending on the purpose. Here's what I love about that. It means every time there's a natural season change, God says, I'm giving you an opportunity to have a new beginning. I'm going to say it again. Every time there's a natural season change, God says, I'm giving you an opportunity for a new beginning. Let me see if I can break it down. God says, I always give you an opportunity to reset it's built into the calendar. Here's the good news. I don't care how you messed up in the first three months of this year. 
You're about to step into the fall feast, which means you get a re. Whoop. I need you to type it on the screen. Say it's a reset. It in the building. Open your mouth. Say it's a reset. It. I don't care what didn't go right the first three. Baby, the next three are gonna make up for it. I don't care what didn't work last year. I get up, reset. When I was coming up, I used to love to play video games. And so I used to love to play video games. And one of the things I loved about video games uh, was that whenever, watch me, whenever things got stuck. Let's talk. Whenever things got frozen, and that's how some of you feel. Some of you feel like you're sitting looking at the same screen and the music is playing but nothing is moving. You ever had the game freeze on you and when it froze on you, you hear the music going, but Mario's stuck. He ain't moving, he ain't going nowhere. Pac-Man is just... For some of you, this is what it feels like. You're like, I sense that it should be more, but I'm stuck at what I'm at. I hear that it should be more, but I'm stuck at what I'm at. And you know what you had to do with those game systems? Sometimes you just have to hit the reset button and you'd have to have a new beginning. Can I make an announcement? When the spring feast come, God says on every area of your life, reset. Resetting your finances, resetting your family, resetting your future, resetting your servant. If there's anybody in the building or online that needs a reset, you ought to release a praise right there. Go. Reset. Reset. Reset on how you think. Reset on how you serve. Reset on how you give. Say, it's a reset happening for me. Now, now watch me. Watch me. Watch me. So new beginnings are happening constantly and on purpose. Look at Luke 22 and 1. Now, the Bible says, now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover. I'm going to teach you this in just a moment. I want to get to this verse, verse 3. Now, now when the feast came, and, and Passover is one of the spring feasts. Say spring feast. Spring. When the feast came, I want you to pay attention, please listen to me, to what begins to happen in the spirit. When there's about to be a reset for you, I want you to see what the enemy begins to try to do. They already got it up on the screen. Then Satan mm, entered into Judas called Iscariot. You missed it. You missed it. As the spring feasts were coming, then people started losing their. Y'all not going to say nothing right now? Have you ever noticed that right around springtime, there are certain people in your life and you're like, what have you been drinking? What you been smoking? Have you lost your? If you don't know anybody, you the one we looking at. You didn't lost your mind. Don't even know it. Then pay attention. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot. I want to teach this thing now. Watch me. Say he entered him. Entered there is a Greek word. That's the language of our New Testament. It's esarkomai, which means he literally, watch me, Judas consumed a thought through a conversation. In other words, when the spring feast begin to happen, people are going to begin to lend their ear to what's against you. And for some of y'all, I need you to be okay to release some people quickly. I... Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because see, some of y'all, you're going to try to hold on and you need to say, wait a minute, I can see you already been marked with that evil spirit. Baby, pie. I need you to practice at this 9.15. Open your mouth, say, baby, pie. I... Then Satan entered into Judas. Who was Judas? Judas was one of the 12 
that was in charge. Pay attention. He was not a regular disciple. He was one of the 12 that was a ruling disciple, which meant he sat in a seat of leadership. Pay attention. He sat in a seat where he was close to Jesus, should have understood how to serve Jesus, yet he was the biggest hindrance to Jesus. Don't be surprised if you discover that some of your opposition has been sitting at your table the whole time. The Bible says, then Satan entered into Judas. Judas had a conversation with who? The Pharisees and Sadducees. These were people that did not like Jesus. They hated him. They couldn't stand him. Can I help some of y'all? There's no such thing as you get to be friends with my enemy and still be my friend. Okay, y'all want to get quiet? I'm going to preach hard anyhow. Watch me. Uh, there is no such thing as you get to be on both sides of it. No, baby. There's no 50 shades of gray. It's only black or white. If you're going to be with me, be with me. And if not, baby, bye. I need you to pay attention because what happens during the spring feast? Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot. So pay attention. Can I go deeper? Judas means people in a door. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. That means that this is literally, uh, watch me, can I go deep? Okay, now I may not get any further in the word once I go here. Which means you've been praying for God to open doors. So the way that God gets the door open for you is that he uses a situation that's designed to come against you. I don't, you 915 people about to... I need you to stop being mad about what's against you and say, you just confirmed for me that I'm at an open. I need you to open your mouth, say, I'm at an open door. Come on, put a praise right there for three seconds. Go, three. Two. One. Say, I'm at an open door. Judas is the people into my open door, which means instead of getting frustrated because of Judas, instead of saying, I'm about to quit because of Judas, hell no, I'm, a, I'm about to press harder, I'm about to go further, I'm about to go harder, open up your mouth and say, no, I'm not giving up now. Say, you're my peephole into my door. And for those of you who think the bishop just cussed, I did not. Hell is the Greek word called Gehenna, which means hot trash. You can take quitting to the trash because I ain't about that life. Judas would have been a great opportunity for Jesus to say, I'm giving up. And you would have let one person make you miss billions. I wish you would let one person make you miss you. I wish you would let one trifling somebody make you give up on yourself. I wish you would let one bad relationship make you throw in the towel. I wish you would let one hater on your job make you quit the job you prayed for. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I ain't going to be able to do that. You ready? Judas name, it means people in a door, which means when I see a Judas, I'm at a door. Uh, let me talk over here because y'all apparently don't know nothing about no. I'm coming back. You better be ready. You hear? When I see opposition, instead of saying, God, why is this happening to me? You know what your response should be? 
why you just proved to me the door I prayed for is the door I'm at the door I asked for is the door I'm at and it's getting ready to happen and it's getting ready to happen and it's getting ready to happen so some of y'all trying to figure out where am I at in life you at the door the door you waited for your whole life the door you've been knocking on since you were 21 the door you've been knocking on since you were a little girl the door you've been knocking on and watch me and God put a peephole in the door called Judas to say this is your door this is your moment I need you to fist bump two or three people around you say this is your moment yay y'all excuse me it's the 915 I try not to go up like that but you at the door but you at the door Harvest, we're at the door. We are at the You ready? We gotta go. <laughs> I told you if I got here, probably wouldn't get too much further. Then Satan entered, which means, watch me, he changed on me. Judas wasn't like this. He changed on me. Watch me, for every person where you didn't have some folk change up on you in the last few weeks, I just need you to stop. Thank you, Jesus, on three. One, two, three. Then Satan entered into Judas. Call Iscariot. Iscariot is his surname. Iscariot means traitor. Which means you have on my uniform... You show up to my team meetings. But the whole time, all you're doing is collecting info for the other team. See, some of the people around you have been reporting back to their headquarters. They hate a headquarters. This is why even when you're around them, the Holy Ghost will put up mm, in your spirit and you'll start talking and then you'll be like, who am I talking to? Where are those of you who you normally like to just be open to everybody, but there's been some people you've been around where God was like, shut your, shut up. Don't tell her nothing. Don't tell him nothing. Then Satan entered. Oh my God, I told you, I told you, I told you. I don't know if I can finish. And then Satan entered into Judas Scare. You changed on me. You switched up on me. And I thought you were a safe place. I thought you were trustworthy. I thought I could put it in your hands and you'd carry it. To only find out that you were the number one abortionist trying to kill it. But here's why I'm excited about you. You didn't let Judas make you stop. You didn't let Judas make you quit. And matter of fact, here's what you said. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. No weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises in judgment, it shall be cut. You ready? Here we go. So what happens? How do I know that I'm at a door? Because I see a Judas. But what else does Judas do? Judas announces it's about to be a reset. 
See, for some of you, watch me, watch me, watch me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's opposition that you're facing. And it's opposition you shouldn't have to face. Like you paying a company for a service and they're going to talk to you crazy like they're doing you a favor. I, I shouldn't have to face that. You ready? But that's an announcement. You are at a door. And what were they at? They were at a feast. And what does that mean? It's about to be a reset. But when I reset, I'm not going to have to start over from the beginning. Why? The memory card's been in there. And he says that he does not let me sow anything without reaping something. So God's memory card, the Bible says, knowing that any good anyone does for anybody, he shall receive the same from the Lord. Somebody said a memory card was in there. Say, so this reset, you're going to be further than you started. Look at me. There's seven. I don't know how far we'll get y'all. I'm going to try. Say, try, Bishop. I'm going to try. Look at me. Look at me. The feast have an announcer, and the announcer is antagoniz- uh, being antagonized. The announcer is opposition. The announcer is stuff you shouldn't have to deal with because the people in place should deal with it, but they're acting brand new. Huh? Y'all ready? So watch me. There are seven major feasts. Let's talk. And what is a feast? I don't know how far we're going to get. I'm going to try. There's seven major feasts. What is a feast? It means an appointed time uh, for heaven to interrupt your world. It's no, it's no wonder why what's going on in the world is going on in the world. You do know two years ago when coronavirus came, it came right before the... Y'all not listening. Because God was saying it's about to be a... And I'm about to let my people prosper in the midst of a pandemic. And what's taking others out, I, listen, if you still got breath in your body, you owe God a shout right there. Watch me. Some of you had it, didn't know you had it, and you're here. Some of you had it, they said you're going to live with it forever, but you're still here. Some of you had it, and you came out stronger than ever. Look at me. It's an appointed time for heaven to interrupt your world. In other words, God says, I set a meeting with you. What are these called? They're called holy convocations. If you go up old school church, that meant going to the conference and wearing your good church clothes. Convocation means it's a meeting that God sets. Pay attention. Your prayer, praise, and worship sets a meeting with God. But during the feast, God says, listen, come on in the room. I have a meeting with you. Watch me. When he sets the meeting with you, watch me. You may have come in like a woman with an issue of blood. And you got bloody situations. You got blood. But what is blood? Represents life. You got all these life issues. You got all these life situations. You got all this life trauma. You got all this life issue. But God says, listen, I know you're going through a whole lot, but I want to have a meeting with you. Because I'm about to interrupt your world. I want to have a meeting with you because I'm about to change your whole situation. There are three fall feasts. There are four spring feasts. Here's what it means, 915. Sudden. Say sudden. Fast forward. Say fast forward. Movement. Uh-uh, 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 uh-
Say sudden. Now, I, I, want you to, I, want, I want you to practice this. I just, in the building, touch somebody's shoulder online. All I just need you to do is tag somebody on whatever platform you're watching on. But, okay, you're going to touch this, but let me tell you what you're going to do first. Uh, you ready? Hold on. Before you touch them, y'all, that's good. I like that y'all follow the instructions. This is good. You know how long it took me to get people in Denver to follow instructions? This is, this is amazing. I, I'm blown away. I could sh shout right through here. You ready? You ready? Okay. Say sudden. Okay, now, now when you touch their shoulder, I want you to just t say the word sudden, all right? One, two, three, touch. No, no, no. So Sunday at 1034, it was one thing. But Sunday at 1036, touch their shoulder. Say sudden. I don't like the way some of y'all are doing this. Find you somebody else. Touch their shoulder. Say sudden. 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 Hey. And he did it. How he do it, y'all? Come on. Suddenly. Come on, say it. And he did it. Come on, 918. You say it. And he did it. Suddenly. Suddenly. Look. Here we go. Say sudden. Fast. Now, now watch me. Here's the deal. Can I get some of y'all ready? You about to have to move real fast. You about to sit in a new office real fast. Give me some keys. You about to get the keys real fast. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Well, watch me. It's about to be dropped on your bank account real fast. Who hurt you is about to apologize. You ain't even thinking about that mark. But it's about to happen real. And he did. Come on, 915. Say it out your mouth. He did it suddenly. Suddenly. Watch me. Look at me. Look at me. Sudden. Come on, I got to go. Fast. No, no, watch me. It's going to happen fast, but I need you to pay close attention. It's not fast forward. Mm -mm. It's fast forward what's the difference it's gonna happen so fast if you let the enemy punk you you're gonna think you're being knocked back you're gonna think you're going lateral you're gonna think you're going side to side but you ain't going back it's gonna happen fast but where are you going prophesy to every area of your life say sudden fast forward sudden fast forward today I want to go up so bad. Ooh. It ain't a side move. It ain't a lateral move. I'm not going backwards. It may feel like it, but I'm not going backwards. It's sudden. It's fast. And it's, it's sudden. It's fast. And if some of y'all don't get your section on fire in this building, Touch somebody's shoulder and say, sudden, fast, forward. Online, you type it. In the building, you touch on the shoulder. Say, sudden, fast, forward. I got to go. God, dog. I'm so glad you didn't let Judas punk you. I'm so glad you didn't let that mark stop you. All right? Let's go. Let's go. We got to go.
You gotta go. You gotta go. Say sudden, fast, forward, movement. Here's the concept. We gotta go. You see shalom when you honor the fast. And if you don't, you don't. Look at the screen. Say FOMO. Fear of missing out. My assignment today is to make you, watch me, scared of missing the feast. Because if you miss it, he ain't coming back for this type of situation until the fall. And I don't know about you. I need to have an amazing spring and an amazing... I need summer to not even match. What does that mean? Summer, normally people pull back and they relaxing and cooling out. I need you to make this summer your most productive, most prosperous... I need summer of 2022 and spring of 2022. I need you to look back and say, these are the best days of my life. I did more in spring and summer. Than look at Leviticus 23, 20, or 23 and 2. Look at these twos. The appointed times, the established feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy. Somebody say these are important to God. The holy convocations. Look at five. So here's the first one. This is coming up. The Lord's Passover. I'm going to teach more about this as the weeks go on. But this is approaching. Say Passover is approaching. Passover, Passover was this. You see this in the scripture. You know, when the children of Israel, they're getting ready to exit Egypt. And as they're exiting Egypt, Pharaoh, his heart is hardened. Watch me. By God. Sometimes God is behind the opposition because he's trying to get you out to take you in. And he knows you won't do it until you get ticked off enough to do something about it. And the Bible says that the death angel was released and the death angel took out the firstborn sons of every Egyptian and took out the firstborn sons of even the Egyptians' livestock. But watch me. Wherever the blood was applied, it could not come nigh their dwelling. What does that mean? When the death angel was walking the streets, he said, can't touch them. Can't touch them. Let me see if I can say it another way. When depression was knocking at doors, they looked at doors, they got close and they knocked, but then they saw the blood. When anxiety was knocking at doors, they got close, but they couldn't stay at your house. Watch me. Look at me. It's the Lord's Passover. Then immediately following Passover is something called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Bible says for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. You shall eat unleavened bread. You shall eat bread that did not. Oh, this is real. You shall eat bread. You know, I, I see my props when I get in here, so I didn't even know that's real. All right. We're going to have uh, uh, tuna fish sandwiches at the church. You know what I'm They're going to be anointed in Jesus' name. Listen, look at me. It says, for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Look at the screen. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. What does this mean? Remove the leaven. What is leaven? It represents error. So what am I supposed to do during the spring feast? As I'm supposed to self-reflect and self-correct. In other words, God says, I'm, watch me. While you got a Judas, I'm going to show you some things that you need to change in you. How many of you know that even during the fast and even now, there's some stuff that, watch me, God keeps throwing in your face and say, what are we going to do about this today? And I need you to not be mad about it. I need you to know that that's proof he ain't giving up on you yet. That's proof he's not throwing. If God keeps saying deal with this, that means he's not done with you. You ready? I said, are you ready? Watch me, verse 8. You shall present, here we go, an offering by fire. Now. This is why during the feast, we talk about sacrificial sowing. Why? Because your seed, watch me, God says it needs to be a sacrifice. He says during the feast, you are to sacrifice and you are to sow something, say by fire. Fire means that thing hurt. 
Fire, fire means that thing, that thing, that, listen, you, you, look, this, this wasn't no little offering where you like, praise the Lord. This is the offering where you were like. This is one, can I be real 915? Can I, okay. Can I be real 915? This one of those seeds that when you look at it, part of you is like hallelujah. The other part want to cuss. Okay, y'all, y'all are being so fake and phony. You ever so listen, if you have never thought that way, you ain't never sacrificed. Because a sacrifice, you'll have the screen open all day to my. There's been seed I've sown. Well, I can I be real? I, I've had it, it's been typed in my phone. I said, it's sitting right there. Okay, y'all, y'all can't handle that. But I understand when I release. If that's my seed, just imagine what my heart. Somebody say, Lord, and I'm ready to sow. You shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. You shall bring the sheaf of, here's the next feast, say the feast of first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Now, this is really interesting. Look at verse 12. When you wave the sheep, you shall offer a male lamb. This is called the day of first fruits. This is what we call Resurrection Sunday, or the world is rebranded as Easter Sunday. Because it's the day of first fruits. It's actually a feast day. And what does the Bible say you're supposed to do? You are supposed to wave an offering. That's why Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Look at this. It says, you shall wave the sheaf that you offer a male lamb. In other words, Jesus says, I am your first fruit. So whatever he is, I am. Because the principle of first fruit says, whatever the first is, so are the rest. So because he's undefeated, what are you? But Bishop, I've got some losses in my life. See, that's because you're looking at the losses the wrong way. You didn't lose, you learned something, which means you gained something. Which means even if what looked like I was going down, I was really going up. Then you shall watch, uh, then you shall count 50 days. That's Pentecost. Pente meaning five. You shall count 50 days from that day. Then you shall present a new grain offering. The day of Pentecost is when the spirit came and it filled those that were sitting in the upper room. And so Jesus now was not just in the body. Jesus was in everybody. Jesus now was just not in a body. He was in everybody. You got to hear this. Look at this. Uh, now, can, can I give you this little bit? Now, this first of these major spring feasts is Passover, which is coming up. Pay attention. To get to the Passover, look at me, there were 10 plagues that had to come. These 10 plagues came to get them out, to take them in. For some of you, you got to hear this. There are things that happen in your life, and you think they're trying to shut you down. They are not. They are there to set you up. I'm going to talk over here. I told y'all. Somebody open your mouth and say, it's not a shutdown. It's a setup. Type that on the screen, Facebook. Type that on the screen, YouTube. Type that on the screen. Say, it's not a shutdown. It's a setup. First plague is that water turns into blood. What does this mean? Things are stagnant and they stink. Here's the second plague. The second plague, watch me, is that they're frogs. What is a frog? It's a little problem I can't catch. It's a little problem I can't seem to get my hands around. What's the third? The third plague was lice or gnats. Where are these coming from? They're coming from the, the stagnation. In other words, not only am I st- is there a stagnation, but there are little things that are 
ticking me off. There are little things that are getting all in my face. You ever walked into a bunch of gnats while you while you outside and they all in your face and then and then you open your mouth and you get oh my god did I drink did I eat one did I and then one will get in your little eye and then it get to the little corner of your eye. Don't act like you ain't never had a gnat in your eye. Some of y'all got gnats in your eyes now. It's called pride. Listen, number four, flies. What, what does this mean? The flies are coming. With, to get a fly, you have to have a maggot. To have a maggot, you have to have something that died, which means stagnation turned into death. And now from death, there's created maggots. And now the maggots have created flies, which means stuff is crawling on what I was trying to create. Watch me. Then watch, watch this. Now watch me. These first four affect everybody. Four is the biblical number of creativity. Then you get to the fifth. Watch me. Watch the shift. Somebody said there's a shift happening right now. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I need you to talk to me like your next 12 is going to be your best 12. Say there's a shift happening right now. Because look at verse 5 or look at number 5. The Egyptian cattle dies. Not the Hebrews. But the Egyptian cattle died. What is God beginning to do? He says, I'm about to show you, watch me, that you're different than the rest of them. I know it looked like that it was going down. I know you were concerned about inflation. He's about to make a difference. I know you were concerned about rising housing and rising rents and all that. He's about to make the difference. I the Egyptian cattle dies. Look at number six. Here's the sixth play. There's boils where? On the Egyptians. Verse uh, number seven, I keep saying verse. Number seven, there's hail and fire and it rains down where? On the Egyptians. Why? It couldn't touch where the Hebrews live in a place called Goshen. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, it's not going to touch me like that. Everybody else going to be sitting up talking about, child, did you get the email from HR? Yeah, that's, that's to you. That ain't to me. Aren't you concerned about what's going on? I'm not concerned about nothing. He's about to make a difference between those that are his and those that are not. Number eight, locusts, the Bible say, fill the whole earth. Locusts are a Hebrew idiom for bad decision. Mm. In other words, he says, now it seems like, watch me, what, that's the eighth plague. So the eighth plague. So now, watch me, when it seems like eight is the biblical number of a new beginning. Please be with me, church, because I got to teach, I got to preach like speeding on jealous. Let's go. You ready? Look at me. Eight is a new beginning. So when it's, watch me. So when your reset is about to pop off, your bad decisions try to come back. I'll talk to these people. I, I'm, I tried. When your new beginning is happening, all of a sudden, some of your previous decisions try to come back to try to shut you down. You shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't have did You know what? I sure shouldn't have. But you know what? I got grace and mercy. <laughs> Grace is when God gives me something good I don't deserve. And mercy is when God blocks something negative I do. If you're excited that you got grace and mercy covering you, can you put a praise in the atmosphere for two seconds? I got to go. Two. One. Grace and mercy are rewriting my story. Grace and mercy are rewriting my life. Should have lost it all, but grace. Should have died, but grace. Should have lost your mind, but grace. Should have killed yourself, but grace. Uh you ready? Watch me. Look at number nine. The Bible says there's darkness. Darkness represents the absence of the knowledge of God. He says, so now not only your bad decisions coming back, but you like, God, where are you at? Where are you at in this? Where are you at in this? 
Where are you at? Anybody has some areas of your life? You're like, God, where are you at in this? Can I tell you where he's at? Somebody say, he's right there. Watch me. Pay attention to your Bible. Weeping may endure when it's dark. But joy comes in the morning. Well, when is it morning time? It's morning when we shift to 12 midnight. For those of you who want to be real technical that are geographically inclined, it's really 1153. But let's go here. What's me? Say at midnight. Pay attention. So at midnight, it's officially morning, but it's still dark. Which means, watch me, when I see darkness, when I'm like, where are you at? God is like, it's about to be a joyous situation for you. So matter of fact, bring that dark on. Why? Because it's about to be some joy. If you got some areas of your life where you feel like it's dark, I just need you to lift your hands for five seconds because that means God's about to show himself. Go. Five, four, three, two, one. Tenth plague, the Egyptians' firstborn dies firstborn sons and their firstborn of their cattle. Pay attention. All of these things were designed to take them out to get them in. And here's where we're at. Look at verse 14. Exodus 14, excuse me, verse 15. All right, come on. I speedy Gonzalez. Y'all got to be with me. Y'all ready? We got to go. We're going to turn these experiences. This is going to be a whole quick turn. You ready? Here we go. Now, they are standing at the Red Sea. They have left Egypt and they have left with silver. They have left with gold. They left paid. Somebody say they left with everything. See, the reason it's called the Feast of Unleavened Bread because they had to leave so fast the bread couldn't rise. There's certain things you were waiting on to happen that God says, don't even worry about that. There are certain people you were trying to carry with you. God was like, they don't even need to come. <laughs> God, that's good to me. He's like, don't even worry about them. They ain't even coming. Y'all ready for me? So now, watch me, they leave. And the Bible says they leave with silver and gold. They leave, they leave with everything. They get clothes. They get silver. They get gold. And now they're standing at the Red Sea. And this is the verse I had to get here because this verse, this verse got me when I, when I was reading this thing. Um, um, because, see, the word is alive, which means, see, the more I'm in it, the, the, the more relevance it has to me. Because, see, last time you read it, you, weren't, you hadn't gone through what you had gone through. And since it's alive, now that I read it again, I'm like, whoo. You ready? Here we go. So now they're standing at the Red Sea. It's a big old sea in front of them. We don't know how deep it was. They didn't know how deep it was. All they knew is that it's two million people that they got to march across this sea. They don't know how deep it is. They've got elderly people. They've got young people. They've got people that they can't swim. That, trust me, they've been landlocked in Egypt except for the Nile. So they don't know how to swim because you don't swim in no river. You bathe in a river. You don't swim in no river. Watch me, verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, they're standing there. You ready? Why do you cry to me? Okay, let me make this personal. The Lord said to, say your name. Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go. Spring feast, sudden, fast, forward, movement. Sudden, fast, forward, movement. Movement. Here we go. 
He says, tell the children of Israel to go what? Forward. Verse 19, this part I like. And the angel of God who was before them, before the host, host means the armies of Israel. So just so you know, this wasn't just a bunch of weak folks. Their host, their army was with them too. Now I need you to understand this. Their entire operation was with them. And the Bible says the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel, he moved. And he went behind them. This is what started shouting me at my house. <laughs> In other words, I don't see him. Mm -mm. He moved. Y'all not going to talk. You're like, God, I don't see you. Uh-uh. God says, no, baby, I moved behind you. And I'm about to stand behind you. Because Pharaoh's trying to come get you. And I'm about to stand in between you and your past. And I'm about to stand between you and your enemy. I'm about to stand between you and your Judas. I'm about to stand between you and your hater. You don't see me ahead of you because I shifted to get by. Somebody say, and he's about to fight for me. Oh my God, I'm trying not to go up. Say, he's about to fight for me. When does he fight for you? During the spring feast. You, you ready? Look at me. Verse 20. Coming between the hosts of Egypt and the hosts of Israel, and there was a cloud and the darkness. So he moves behind them. And now, watch me. Look at, now they've got a cloud and more darkness. God, where are you at? What's going on? What's happening? I've, one moment you can feel on top of the world, the next moment you can feel totally confused. It's like I got behind you because I'm about to beat Pharaoh Nim's head. Okay, you know, let me translate. I apologize. It's not just everything. I am about to handle your enemies for you. Look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. So they cross over. Bible says that they cross over on dry land. Bible says that the water stands up on one side, stands up on another side. This, this, watch me. This is sudden, fast, forward movement. And when the children of Israel start crying out, God says, please be quiet. Keep walking. You decided to be free, didn't you? Keep walking. Because sometimes when you decide to make progress, you're going to get punked and you got to make the decision. I'm going to steal. I dare some of y'all to just step in your seat like you're walking forward. I, I'm walking and I'm going forward. Come on, at home, I just need you to put one of them legs up, please. Put one of them legs up. I'm going sudden, fast forward movement. Sudden, fast forward movement. Here we go. So then, watch what the Lord does. Please get this point. Please get this point. And if you came in late, you weren't able to give, get your giving ready. If you want to sow the seal, if this word spoken life, you need to get that ready because we got to move fast. It's 1058. We're supposed to be in that meet and greet line. You ready? So then, God, please pay attention to this. He was standing behind them. I need you to hear me because some of you all, this is where you're at right now. He had your, their back. Then, watch me, then the Lord moves and he lets Pharaoh's army come after them. 
I want to talk to those of you where you feel like God is letting people and letting situations and where you feel like God okay for a minute you were fighting them but now it looks like they're winning is that anybody on campus or online he moves and he lets them go into the Red Sea and they think that the same way he was with the Hebrews he's about to be with the Egyptians somebody say spring feast but guess what God says no I didn't move for you to catch them I move because I'm about to let you get in the Red Sea. And when you step into what they stepped in, what they were able to handle, it's going to kill you. So he looked, y'all better hear me, because he's doing this to somebody. They put their mouth on the wrong one. They lied on the wrong one. They cheated the wrong one. He says, y'all going to get in the Red Sea. And the Bible says, when they get into the Red Sea, Moses stands up. And the Hebrew, or the Egyptians think we're going to get these Hebrews. We're going to get them and bring them right back to this Egyptian situation. And do you know what the Lord does? He says, Moses, lift up your hands. Watch me. Worship. That's why I have you lift your hands so much. Lift your hands over the sea. And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind uh, all night and made the sea dry land. This is when the children of Israel were crossing. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. And the same way he opened it with worship is the same way that the Lord drowned the Egyptians. For some of you, the enemies you see today, you will see no more again. Why? Because you won this time. Why? Because you won this time. Last year you gave up, but this year you stood still. This year you lasted. Stop missing the feast. If you're in this building or online, you need to become a Christian for the first time. Or secondly, you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Don't play with God. If you need to recommit yourself to the Lord today, this is your moment. I got to move fast. You need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord. This is your moment. On a count of three, on campus, you're going to raise your hand online. Do the hand with emoji. Say it's me. One, two, three. And let you respond right where you're at in this building. No guilt. No guilt. No condemnation. No shame. Online, do the hand with emoji. Say it's me. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart, that you, sir, are my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace to run this race. In Jesus' name, amen. Just praying for that prayer for the first time. Scan that QR code. Or if you recommitted your life to the Lord, scan that QR code or text the word decision to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. 
They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.